Welcome to Bad Movie Date Night, the podcast in which we take a serious look at bad films and genre films and hopefully give them the credit that they deserve. I am Nigel from AJourneyIntoFilm.com and with me is my wonderful wife, Caitlin. Hey, hey. And this week we are talking about Leprechaun 3, directed by Brian Trenchard Smith, who also, uh, oh, that's not true, not this one, uh, it was written by Dave DeBoss. And uh, stars Warwick Davis again, John Gattins, Lee Armstrong, John Demita, Michael Kalin, and Carolyn Williams. And I'm going to rip this Band-Aid off. And this is Do the it. reason you're going to hate me. Okay. This is my favorite of the series so far. You know, it's a lot of people's favorite of the series. I'm learning. Yeah. It has the highest score on IMDb. As it should. And uh, I'm seeing a lot of people are really liking it online, which is, honestly, I am shocked. And I feel like maybe did I watch a wrong movie or something? Because I don't think we were watching the same movie. What is everyone else watching? Leprechaun 3. No, 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 no. The the first one is much better. The first one deserves a higher rating. Here's the thing. I like that it's the tone of it is consistent. Okay. I like that they established a concrete uh device for getting rid of the leprechaun. In the amulet thing. Uh, The first movie did both of those things. Right. Okay. Here's the thing. Are we going to have a leprechaun... In every leprechaun movie, are we going to have some Irish guy who's like, you need to find a four-leaf clover. And they're going to destroy him. Are we going to have people with books slash CD-ROMs of leprechaun lore that say, oh, you need wrought iron. (laughs) That was the second one. Right. The first one I thought, I I, I just, I guess I'm confused because I really thought the first one was the best one. First one, best one. See, I think I would like the first one more if it was more tonally coherent. Like if it was like fully humorous or like fully... Like, I don't, I don't know and if like this one was fully humorous. I guess so. Like, I guess okay. I maybe they jumped the shark in the preparation for this one, 
but I thought his antics were fun. I thought the weird leprechaun transformation was fun. The magician was interesting. Did you think this was fun? That was honestly terrifying. Yeah, so was it fun? No. But was it the leprechaun up to his usual hijinks? I thought so. Here's the other thing, too. Well, I, I guess we'll get into that in a minute. But, like, are you telling me you didn't like no, this one like, I at all? No, I did like it. I just, I'm genuinely surprised that this one has the highest rating. I think that's where I'm just, I'm flabbergasted. I did like the movie. I, I thought it was better than the second one, for sure. But do I think it was better than the first one? No. No. I think in terms of overall quality, no, it's not better than the first one. However, in terms of ones that I will rewatch because of the amount that I enjoyed them, I would the first one. easily pick Leprechaun 3. No, the first one. Okay. What is wrong with you? <laughs> what is wrong with me? What is wrong with society? Everyone's saying Leprechaun Uh-oh. 3 is better? No, 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 no. People. Look, the acting is definitely better than the first one. Right. The uh, I like, like the opening story much better in the first one. I mean, this one didn't even have like an opening story. Well, it was I just guess like, the side story of the pawn shop owner. Yeah, the pawn shop thing could have been cut down to like five minutes at the beginning. <sighs> I, I'll see if I can articulate why I enjoyed this one more before the end i didn't really get enough time to put thoughts into it well but like apparently i'm alone over here so i'm just gonna fend this movie as best i can the first one not this one you're just gonna keep talking about why the first one's great that's pretty much what i'm gonna do because apparently everyone loves this movie so much and i'm disgusted okay so um since we have to keep with the format of our podcast <laughs> do you want to talk about what you liked about this one all right, all right, all right. Uh, well, I liked that it took place in Las Vegas, and it's kind of like greedy people with a greedy leprechaun. I thought that was kind of fun. Yeah, I feel like that's a logical first step before going to the hood. Or space. I guess we got to take a side <laughs> journey into space, but then we can go to the hood. Um. So I no, I really liked that it took place in Las Vegas. I thought that was a lot of fun. Um, I really liked um, Loretta. I thought she was a lot of fun in the movie. I thought she added a lot of good side jokes. I didn't really enjoy the magician, Fazio. I don't think we were meant to. Um, like not even in like a not enjoyed him sort of way. Just like he could have been gone from the story and it wouldn't have made a difference. To this me. is true. I did kind of forget about him for a while yeah. until they were like, hey, the magician has your coin, Mr. Leprechaun. Yeah, I yeah. But I, I thought Loretta added to the story and I thought she was fun. So I liked her personally. Um, her death was super humorous. It did have a lot of good humorous deaths and gruesome. Humorous and gruesome. I'm trying to think. They had 
Well, the... The guy was killed by the telephone wire. Oh, yeah. I thought... So he was killed by the telephone wire, the pawn shop owner. Mitch was killed by... He was electrocuted by a robot. Also a good dad. Loretta blew up. Yes. It's the most appropriate way we can put that on our podcast. And Fazio was cut in half. And he was cut in half. That was pretty solid. Yeah. Here... uh, Okay, so since we're talking about the deaths, here's the thing that I kind of liked. One of the reasons that I liked this movie. Okay. And something that I kind of occurred to me about the series as a whole, and morality tale isn't really the the right right term for it necessary, but like a I guess like a cautionary tale of sorts because. The leprechaun is 1,000% justified in going after people because they took his gold. Like, that's his property. And they said, I'm going to take this. And you know what? He has every right to get it back. But these stories also are, in a weird sort of way, kind of warnings against greed. Yeah. So like the first one, Alex is like, oh, I found this gold. I'm going to keep it. And then it puts all of his friends and family in in danger. Mm -hmm. And so he eventually learns to give it back and they learn the power of friendship. (laughs) The second one, Morty, unfortunately, does not learn his lesson. No. He his greed is the death of him. And I don't think that what's-his-face Cody was a greedy person. So they're really... So far, two is the one that doesn't really fit the pattern. Because we kind of... We see... Well, Morty, though. Right, Morty. Like, he gets what's coming to him. Yeah. But we also see the leprechaun attack people for no reason at all. Yes, correct. Like, the homeless guy and that guy's finger. Mm -hmm. But then in this one kind of like you said in it's in Las Vegas these mm-hmm. people are all greedy what better place to put a leprechaun who is also greedy literally the <laughs> wrath of greed right and uh you know i just i thought that was uh kind of interesting yeah. and each so this movie kind of twists not twists but it takes a different approach to the leprechaun granting wishes aspect of the leprechaun lore and if you it's not if you catch the leprechaun it's if you find a coin you get one witch per coin yes and so we see this coin pass from person to person and they each get their wish and obviously they wish for self-fulfillment in some way and it bites them in the butt and i kind of love that like monkey like this is i i know last week like i said the wishes thing with marty is or morty Mm -hmm. is kind of like a monkey's paw situation but this is definitely a monkey paw situation kind of like it's not their wishes that are being twisted right but the leprechaun is punishing them which in a way that's befitting of the wish that they made so, like, yeah. Mitch wishes to hook up with Tammy, and 
you know, he's a sleazebag pervert, so he gets killed by a sex robot. True, yeah. Uh, Loretta, she's all about her appearance, mm-hmm. and so he takes that to the extremes, yeah, and it blows her up. Point. Uh, I guess I was just thinking about Scott. He he doesn't really get a monkey paw situation. No, but he does turn into a leprechaun, but. Well, like he, so he earns all of that money and it causes all of those problems for him. Yeah, but it's not, it's this not directly is, a monkey paw. Right. None, none of them are monkey paw because, like, it's the leprechaun dealing punishment for these people stealing the coin. Mm-hmm. But the punishment is made in such a way that is, uh, it twists their wish in sort of in a sort of way. Okay. So like in the in the case of Scott, like he's greedy mm-hmm. and he wishes to be he wishes to have a winning streak and he gets all that money. And even though it's unintentional, I do find it interesting that he started turning into a leprechaun. Yeah, which is great. A symbol oh, okay. of greed. Okay. You're right. You're right. That's a good point. <laughs> That's an inside joke for us. Uh, and then, like the just to kind of like wrap us up, like the magician, he wishes to be the best magician in the entire world, and then he ultimately becomes part of one of his own tricks. Yeah. Which I I don't think is really as creative as the other ones. I he think he could have turned into the. Oh wait, I was gonna say that guy turned into a slot machine, but that's not really a magician thing. Yeah, could have turned into a rabbit. Could have been turned into a rabbit. There, there's a wide variety of magician-like punishments that could have been dealt. Mm-hmm. But I think, as the viewer, in light of how he treats Tammy, mm-hmm. it's satisfying to see him get cut in half because. Typically, the person getting cut in half is relegated to, like, the magician's assistant. Right. And we just don't like him, so it's cathartic. Yeah. While I do think that the scene with the pawn shop owner, which goes on forever. Yes. And is very... uh, I don't even know a word I want to use, because it's like... I guess it's like poorly edited in with Scott's story Mm -hmm. because it keeps flipping back and forth to this pawn shop owner dealing with the leprechaun and it, you almost forget that the story is happening sometimes or you forget about Scott because of how long it goes and they don't really tie into each other. Uh, Apart from that, like once that part is over and we kind of focus on Scott full time, like I feel like this movie really takes off. Takes off. Please explain. <laughs> uh, I'm glad that you called me out on that. <laughs> I, I mean, I really feel like it kind of like settles into a decent pace at that point. So like for the first 25 30 minutes of the movie when we're still dealing with the pawn shop owner you're like you're flipping back and forth and you're like I don't know why we keep flipping this we should have just had one scene after another right but then after that like you focus on you pretty much are with Scott through the rest of the movie at, at that point right and 
I did not notice the same issues with the second, with the, like the last hour of the movie. It goes quicker. That I did the beginning. I don't even want to say that it went quicker. I just think that the pacing was better. Okay, yeah, you are able to focus. Like, there's a, there is a lot of characters. I think ultimately because you, there was like a lot of deaths. Like, you wanted a lot of good deaths that kind of gave you that monkey paw situation so it couldn't be random kills. Right. Therefore, you had to have several characters. Yeah. And, I mean, I'm not saying that it does, like, a bad job of establishing the characters up front or anything. Mm-hmm. But it just it was just kind of weird to keep cutting back and forth between those two scenes. Scott arriving in Las Vegas mm-hmm. and meeting Tammy and getting to the casino. That's like three separate things. Right. Versus the leprechaun being at this pawn shop, which should have been within the film world, like 30 minutes of time, which Scott's is like an hour and a half. Yeah. I, I don't know how long that really was. So right. they really should have just had that whole scene with the leprechaun in the pawn shop and then cut to Scott. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I think they, they definitely took their time on the pawn shop owner um, in this movie and, and it wasn't needed. I mean, I would say the characters that we get to see, at the casino are fine enough. Actually, you know, one, one, can I jump into something that I didn't like? Yeah, go for it. One, uh, one part of the story that I didn't love was there was this whole thing with like Mitch and, um, these like mafia guys. I want to call them very loosely, uh, where I'm not even quite sure of their names, but, um, that never really went anywhere. It was just more deaths. Yeah, well, I mean, I like they didn't about. even die, did? Yeah. They? See, I forgot about it. They died when they came into Mitch's um, hotel room, and the leprechaun was still there. And they said, "What's going on?" And he poked that guy out. Oh yeah, he, po- or he eye said, out, "I mean, beauty is in the eye of the beholder," and he poked the eye out. Yeah. And I said, "Get it." Yes. <laughs> and then, yeah. Yeah, I completely forgot about that. I felt like that, That I mean, if you wanted to, like, skip the whole pawn shop thing and just kind of, like, focus in on the casino, we could have kind of gotten the side story with the mafia. I mean, I actually really liked, I, I'm losing mafia very loosely here. I'm using mafia. Well, very I loosely. think that they were, uh, I, do casinos have investors? I don't. Or are they, like... They're associated with the ownership of the casino in some way, and clearly the casino lost them money. Yeah. When casinos are in the business of making money. Right. So, and they wanted their money from Mitch. I, I liked both of those characters. Right, I did they too. They were very funny. Mm-hmm. But you're correct in that that plot doesn't really go anywhere. Mm-hmm. I will defend the pawn shop thing, though, in that that is how we kind of establish the medallion with the leprechaun and that it turns him into stone, which I'm a little disappointed didn't come back. 
I feel like they could have done that in the casino, though. We could have had a stone statue of a leprechaun in the Lucky Casino. Yeah, that's a good point. So, and then, like, somebody could just take off the medallion. And try to, like, pawn it for... For, right. Yeah. Yeah. And then, boom, we have a leprechaun. This is true. The pawn shop scene didn't really do too much for Except it. Except for that weird computer scene, which we didn't need. We did not need that computer scene. Yeah, uh, there was plenty in the movie that contextualized what the... the the Talk about how, like, early 90s this was. They're like, how do we tell the audience what leprechauns can do? Oh, it's a computer CD-ROM. And it's, like, an interactive video. Like, early internet... JavaScript, Microsoft Paint video about leprechauns. Yeah. And why this pawn shop owner had a CD-ROM of <laughs> folklore with leprechauns on we it. We may never know. I don't I don't know. <laughs> so yeah. The the pawn shop it didn't add But then it's like, well, what does the kid do whenever he's down on his luck? Like, he could have been the one that takes off the medallion. But you don't think that anyone at the casino would have recognized the medallion from the leprechaun statue in the casino? He could, like, go take it and be like, I'm going to pawn this, and then, like, disappear and come back for a minute. Yeah. But then we wouldn't get to see the pawn shop owner die. If we wanted to make it a five-minute thing... He could like take it and has one of his gold pieces of co- money in there and then goes to the thing. The gold piece falls out and then boom. I don't know if I fully understood what you were saying, but <laughs> sure. I mean, the, I, I just guess feel like tra- there's, there's ways to go about it where we didn't need. The Either whole. the pawn shop scene needed tightened up or it could have been replaced completely with something more better. Right. I just, I think either get rid of the mafia guys or get rid of the pawn shop. That's my opinion. Yeah. But keep the, keep the, the casino guys because they were kind of (laughs) funny. I liked them. Yeah. I thought they were a good part. Yeah. Their, their banter was fun. Yeah. It wasn't necessary. No. And it did not move the plot forward. No. But it happened. And I'm grateful that it was included. (laughs) Here's a fun fact for you. All right, shoot. This is Warwick Davis's favorite of the series. Why? Because he said he felt like the humor really came into its own on this one. Okay. Was the second one supposed to be serious or something? I have no idea. I did not care for the second one. I didn't either, but... Right now, I would rank it 3-1-2. I would rank it one, three, two. Yeah, I knew you would. I just, I don't understand why people don't like the first one. It's not that they don't like the first one. It's that they just like number three more. And that's where I'm coming from. But why? Why? Because it's absolutely ridiculous and bonkers. You have a guy turning into a leprechaun, which I can't believe we haven't talked about yet. He is turning into a leprechaun. I didn't think it was that great of a transformation, though. I didn't really feel like there was much to talk about. This guy turns into a leprechaun, okay? Because the leprechaun's blood gets in him. 
when he stabs them. Although, how hardcore was it when the leprechaun pulls the knife out of his head that the kid stabbed him with and just like breaks it off? Yeah, he doesn't even end? pull it out. He no. just snaps it off. And he's wild. Yeah, and I'm disappointed that for the rest of the movie he didn't have like I a know. knife blade sticking out of his head. Because that was intense. That was. What if Hilarious. he had a knife blade kind of stuck in his head and he used it later in the scene to like headbutt somebody and it gets stuck in their head? Yeah, that would have been cool. Although he's more into like the trickery than he is like the, you know, the hand to hand combat. Do you think that someone at Disney watched this movie and they said, you know, that whole turning into a leprechaun thing, that's a good <laughs> like Saturday night Disney movie? A lot more family friendly, though. Yeah. And they're like, but the twist is he's on the basketball team <laughs> and he's going to get shorter. So they literally just took Michael J. Fox's thing of turning into a werewolf and applied it to a leprechaun. Yeah. Mixed uh, but with I this mean, movie. like there are plenty of movies out there that are like you're going to turn into this thing as punishment for this other thing. I mean, like, I Emperor's really need New to watch Groove. Teen, Teen Wolf. Yeah, we do need to watch Teen Wolf. Because I don't know, does he turn into a wolf out of a punishment? I have no idea. Yeah, so we need to watch that. I've heard that it's a metaphor for puberty, though, in the same way that Ginger Snaps is. I've heard that, too. But then does he turn into a leprechaun in the Disney movie out of punishment? I think it's just because his family's last name was like. Yeah, it was because something. his family was Irish. Right. And once you get to that certain age, you, everyone in the family starts turning into a leprechaun. Or like. No, yeah, it, it was because he lost the family's lucky coin. Oh. That okay. prevented them from turning into leprechauns. <gasps> oh. You all remember right. that now? All right, yeah. Because yeah. you remember the mom starts turning into a leprechaun too. That's. Maybe we should do that movie for our podcast. Who would like to see that? <laughs> yeah, next St. Patrick's Day. Because, <laughs> you know, once we finish up the Leprechaun series, we're going to... Oh, we're done with Leprechauns until next year. Right. But, I mean, next <laughs> year we'll finish up the series and then um, we'll need more yeah. Irish Have people themed. vote on this. Do they want to see a Disney... I don't remember the name of the movie. The Luck of the Irish. The Luck of the Irish. Do they want to see a... Show on the luck of the Irish. I don't. I guess take we'll a vote and find, find out. out. But you're not going to get it this year, right? No, no, no. Because next year the ball's already rolling. Like you're getting <laughs> Leprechaun Four this year. Oh, I can't wait. Yeah. Because I have a lot of questions. <laughs> Why is he in space? How did he get there? How did he get to space? I know. I actually really want to follow the story of the hobo who turned in this leprechaun statue to the pawn shop. That's a great that that's a good point. That would have been another thing to like figure out. Like, how did this homeless guy get the statue and why was he so willing to give up the statue for twenty dollars? Right. Because that stat he could have easily gotten a hundred for it. Oh, for sure. Yeah. But I mean Pawn shop owners be swindling. Yeah. And he was like, I'm out of this town. And he knew not to touch the medallion. So you know some stuff went down between him and this leprechaun. Right. There's like a whole 
additional movie between two and three. Uh, yeah. So I want to see that movie. Remind me, how what happened to the leprechaun at the end of two? He blew up. Right. He blew up. Yeah. I like how none of these movies are concerned with how he comes back. No, I like to think they're all they're all completely independent of one another. They are not related in any way, shape, or form. Like it's the same leprechaun, different story, or different leprechauns, different stories? Same leprechaun, different story. All right. You heard it here, folks. <laughs> That's how I like to pretend it is. Yeah. So let's move back for a second. Okay. Scott starts turning into a leprechaun because he gets bitten by the leprechaun who then bleeds into his cut. So I guess leprechaunism is kind of like an STD. Yeah. It's infectious. I like to think that this movie is an indictment against the healthcare system. <laughs> they had a lot of jokes to the healthcare system. Because when Scott goes to the hospital, all the doctors care about or is how he's going to pay for everything. They say, do you have insurance? This could be the choice between life and death. Yeah. So, you know, you have that whole thing in there. But then also Scott becomes infected with basically leprechaun AIDS <laughs> and yeah. it starts turning him into a leprechaun. Yeah. And so like if we assume that leprechaun two and three are two entirely different leprechaun still don't know what the plural for leprechaun is. <laughs> then we don't have to worry about the whole reproduction cycle of a leprechaun like we did last week. Because they just spread through a blood infection. Good point. Good point. It's a very good point. But he also seemed really upset that there was going to be a second leprechaun. So clearly they don't they don't perpetuate out of necessity. No. They don't perpetuate out of greed, really. Because he's right. like mad that he would have did did he say that he'd have to share his gold with him? No, he didn't say he would have to. He said he would. Oh. Just to get him to come to his side and leave Tammy. Yeah. But I guess he's like kind of on his own to find his own gold. Yeah. But he seemed really into also, the other leprechaun's gold. So do they not have like a bro code of leprechauns? Well, right. How does a leprechaun go about getting his gold? Maybe he does have to travel the world and find it. This poor leprechaun. But also, like, this leprechaun just needs to leave. Like, he, like, he always is, like, going about and losing his gold. Like, maybe if you're not responsible to hold on to your gold, you shouldn't <laughs> have gold. Treat him like one of your kids at work. Yeah. If you if you can't keep track of the gold, then we're going to have to take it away. Right. <laughs> oh, my gosh. This guy. Yeah. I think it's also interesting then the second one, his pot of gold had like rings and earrings and yeah, all of this other like stuff. Yeah, it was a mixture of any gold he could find, which I, I liked that. I did like that, but I could understand why it would be more difficult to keep track of how much you have. Right. Unless, 
leprechauns have some kind of like built-in mental filing system. Unless they just know they have a hundred pieces of gold. They might necessarily not know what it is. Right. But at the same time, it's not, it seems to be that the leprechaun isn't actively going around trying to lose his gold. It's people who keep capturing him. Because in the first one, it was Dano Brady. In the second one, he woke up inside of his tree. I kind of wish that we could just ignore the second one. (laughs) Because so far, even-numbered leprechaun movies try to break convention. And it kind of mucks up the whole folklore of the leprechaun. Oh, well, then we are in a world of fun for Leprechaun 4. Assuming that <laughs> it continues the trend of even yeah. numbered. Yeah. Uh, honestly, like this third one, I feel like in many ways could be a continuation of the first one, but not a continuation of the second one. Yeah, I would I would agree. One and two feel like very different movies. But they also feel like they could be connected. One and two? Oh, you, sorry. I thought you said one and three. No, one and two are very different movies. One right. and three definitely feel like they could be connected. And two and three feel like very different movies. Yeah. Yeah. So, Leprechaun 2, get out of here. <laughs> I mean, Leprechaun 2 is definitely the weaker. I would say... I still think one is the better one, but I do understand Leprechaun 3... I'm starting to three, sell you on three, aren't I? No, no. No, not at all. I think oh, Leprechaun okay. 1 is is definitely better. But I do think Leprechaun 3 is a lot of fun. I feel like they made the first Leprechaun movie in a genuine attempt to make a good film that was like, this is going to be scary. Um, not Maybe not scary, but like campy. It's going to be yeah. a horror camp movie. And then they go and make three and they're like, yeah, we know this whole thing is a joke. We're just trying to make money off this Absolutely. name. Which is fine. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I mean, I think this movie says something going straight to uh, TV movie. Straight to video. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Straight to video. I feel like, you know, that really says something about the film. But I'm certain that this movie was made to just cash in on the leprechaun name. Yeah. Definitely. But also, why not continue something that's lucrative, even if it's on video? No, I mean, if that's what you want to do, I think they did. They did a good job for doing that. If that was their goal, they're like, we're just going to cash in. Make money off the name. I think they did a good job for that. I'm just trying to figure out, like, who was the audience for this in the 90s that they kept making them? Honestly, you know what I was thinking about just now? What? I think I would be very curious if we would have as many sequels to some of these big series that we have if it wasn't for home video. Oh, I I don't think we would. I don't think so. Because at a certain point in the 80s, when video stores took off and home video took off, Mm -hmm. 
people were just filling the shelves with whatever they could find. That's why shot on video really peaked for a while during the 80s. Yeah. Because places like Blockbuster and independent, like mom and pop video stores specifically, mm-hmm. were just looking for places or just looking for videos to line the shelves. Yeah. And so I'm wondering if movies like Leprechaun 3 and the sequels Mm -hmm. and uh, even to an extent like the Halloweens and the Friday the 13th and all those, like if they made them and they said, you know what? The first one made a lot of money. The first one, second one made a lot. You know, at a certain point they just said, you know what? Let's just keep going. Like, right. (laughs) Because we can. Because they can. Yeah. Yeah. We've created an audience for this series. Yeah, absolutely. And we know that we can recoup any losses on video because people will continue to rent it because they just want movies. Yeah. That's something that I need to look into. I think that's very fascinating. And I think if anything, the streaming services has only perpetuated this philosophy. I think it's created a new market for it, especially, but I also think that we're, we're going to go, We're just going to keep going back to the same topic over and (laughs) over. So sorry, audience, if you've heard this before. But I also think that a problem that we have with our current day and age is the nostalgia factor where we're thinking too fondly of the things that came before. Oh, certainly. Yeah. And that's what's driving a lot of these remakes and reboots and things going to streaming and, you know, all the stuff. So. Oh, I, I agree. But I'm also thinking about just the random Netflix movies that come out. Yeah. Netflix throws money at anything. Yeah. So it's like, but you know that they can, it doesn't matter. Right. But then even like Amazon, they have their own submission process for people who've made their own movies and it's basically free distribution. Mm-hmm. I think it's like, I think there's some kind of fee associated with it, but it's cheaper to just toss your movie onto Amazon than it is to try to get a worldwide release. Right. And someone is going to watch it. Right. Like that movie Lamageddon. Right. I will I probably will watch. never watch it. Oh. Yeah. Me either. I draw the line at a certain <laughs> point. I know that we Yeah, love... I have standards too. Okay. <laughs> Maybe we'll watch it someday. Okay. But I mean, that there's no way that that movie got any sort of release, no, outside of streaming, Mm-mm. and that's just that's fascinating to me. Or even yeah. Amityville in space, yeah. There's no way that that movie gets any kind of theatrical release or even like a physical release. Like that's going straight to streaming. Someone is going to buy that though because it's Amityville, <laughs> even though it looks like it was shot in somebody's garage. Yeah. Yeah, there's a, I mean, because we have movie making so readily available with like platforms to release movies on, there will always be an audience for your movie. I'm coming to find out. Yeah. And horror is quite lucrative. Yeah, this is true. So it kind of makes me sad in some sort of ways like it does but it doesn't like i genuinely enjoy these films and i think that they're i mean i'm talking about like just kind of like 
campy movies overall, not necessarily the leprechaun genre. Like the schlocky movies, for all intents and purposes, like the movie that air quotes people would consider bad. Right. I really enjoy those movies. So I'm glad that we have them and the availability to watch them. Uh, but at the same time, it, it, it does make me a little sad because a little sad just because like back when movies first became a thing, it took a lot to get your movie made. But also, like, it was a whole thing going to the movies. It wasn't just like, <laughs> I'm going to go watch this remake of a leprechaun prancing around through town. You sound like your dad on his podcast. What? What do you mean? Just remembering the good old days. No. That's why I was like. Remember <sighs> movies? Remember movies? Remember? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I just, I'm kind of torn because, like, do we really need you know, how many leprechauns are there? Eight Do in we total. really need eight leprechaun movies? Do we really need 20 Friday the 13th movies? <laughs> but we have them. And I don't... I mean, I'm just torn if that's a good or bad thing. I haven't decided yet. The thing is, like, do we need them? No. Do they exist? Yes. Yeah. But they're very much a product of the time in which they were made. There's a right, reason right. why Friday the 13th ended. Mm-hmm. And the remake is not... I don't actually know if the remake of that one is looked upon favorably or not. I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. There's a reason that we don't have any more Nightmare on Elm Streets. And the reboot was terrible. Like, everybody hated it. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a reason that those things didn't continue in perpetuity it's because they were a product of their time and now we're we have people at an age and they're like man i wish that like i could have grown up with that and those are the people who are like or there are people who grew up with it and they think you know i want to see more of that so i'm gonna make it and that's fine Mm -hmm. but we got to remember like the reason that that those movies exist is because they were made at the time that they were made Mm-hmm. That's also why the saying like, not like, but the, the there's a reason that the saying that movie would never get made today is stupid, because right. every movie is a product of the time in which it was made. Absolutely, yes. Of course, it wouldn't. Right. Like, Absolutely. It, yes, if it's an offensive uh, a comedy that'd be considered offensive today, of course it wouldn't be made today. But also, Friday the Thirteenth wouldn't be made today, right. because we don't like slashers today. Right. Right. I don't really know what the point I was trying to make is. (laughs) No, but I mean, you're right. A lot of these movies are a product of their time. And so I think that does make them enjoyable. But then I guess like I get mad at today's movies because like we don't need that 2014 remake of Leprechaun. We don't. We don't. The one made by the WWF. Yes. Yes. <laughs> we don't we don't need that. No, we don't. But it exists. But I don't want it to. I don't think anybody wanted it. To. <laughs> Somebody the person people who made it, they wanted it to. <laughs> but the rest of the world said, What? <laughs> <laughs> Why? Yeah. So that was our tangent for this week. 
against nostalgia again. Sorry <laughs> to the folks who have listened to that a thousand times at this point. Sorry, guys. But I guess the point that we're trying to say is like, why do we need eight leprechauns? We don't. But each, all of them are a product of their time. Mm-hmm. And the fact that that after two, they all went direct to video right. says a lot about, one, the quality, but where we were at. Because even back to the hood, mm-hmm. as it's as my whiteness can pronounce it, <laughs> it even that one was uh, early 2000s. And that was still... Like, it, it's not the height of the video rental revolution, if we want to call it that. Mm-hmm. But people are still looking for movies to rent. Right. And I have no doubt that those movies would have just gone direct to streaming if streaming existed back then. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. Can't say for certain. Overall, pretty good movie. I concur. Three <laughs> is great. Uh, do I dare ask if you have any thing for your dating corner? You're for gonna this make episode? me go on like a whole like tangent now. Oh, okay. But no, I mean, I just I'm curious to get your opinion on why movies like this feel like they need to add a romantic relationship, love story, whatever you want to call it, to a film. I have a theory for that. Do I have a lot of evidence for it? Not at this point in time. But I would love to hear your theory. This is is just me. First thing that comes to my mind. Okay. I think the reason that romance is used so often for main characters of movies is because it's a lazy way to make characters relatable. Yeah. Love, air quotes, is a universal feeling. Yeah. Everyone has fallen yeah. in love at some point. Mm-hmm. And you see two marginally attractive people mm-hmm. and you think and they like bad eyes at each other and you think I hope that they hook up if if I hate anything else or if I don't like anything else in this movie at least I can hope and get off on them hooking up that's a good point that that is a good point and I I think it kind of gives you like um, even if you don't you don't have to care about the characters then because you can care that, oh, these two lovebirds, let's hope that they can survive this movie and go out into the world and live happily ever after. Right. In this movie, it's it's the bare minimum to make them dynamic characters. Because mm-hmm. what do we know about Scott? He's a college kid on his way to Los Angeles for college. Yes. That's what we know about him. Mm-hmm. Those aren't real descriptors of a character. Mm -hmm. What do we know about her? She's a magician's assistant, wants to be a magician. She's already a little bit better than Scott in that regard because, oh, now she has aspirations. Mm -hmm. And she somehow got stuck in Las Vegas with no backstory. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But then, despite all of that, 
their arc is falling in love. Mm-hmm. It's not him realizing, oh, I'm an idiot for gambling away my tuition money. Mm-hmm. It's not her learning. I need to be more assertive to get what I want and mm-hmm. to finally leave Las Vegas. It's we just went through this traumatic thing and we have each other mm-hmm. and I didn't turn into a leprechaun. So you can find me attractive still. Yeah. That's, that's a great, great point. That's my theory. I'm going to stick to it until I'm proven wrong. I really like that. I didn't really have like a dating question cause that kind of just was my, my question. Like why, why do we throw in these love st- And And that's kind of like, degrading to love in a sort of way like you know it's kind of just making love out to be this like you're a boy I'm a girl oh we must hook up well it's also in a weird sort of way kind of like I don't really know if it I guess it would fall under like sexism because like just oh this girl is looking for romance Mm -hmm. and that's what's going to save her like no that's not Right, True. right. That's not what's going to get her out of Vegas. Right. Right. I I really agree with what you're saying. I think it's... I would love to study more why they put this romantic relationship in movies all the time. Yeah. And just to point something out, Dawn of the Dead, great movie. Mm-hmm. You don't see uh, the two people who survived falling in love. At the end of the movie. Right. They just fly off together because they survived. Yep, yeah, right. But they're not batting eyes at each other as right. they fly off into the sunset. Right. It's more about the companionship that they formed as part of a group and being the only two survivors. Absolutely. And I mean, we have no reason to believe that these two have any sort of relationship with each other or um, similarities to form a relationship. Right. She clearly didn't go to college. Mm-hmm. She thinks that he's some kind of big shot because he went to college. Mm-hmm. It's uh, stupid. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have any final thoughts to wrap this up? I definitely think if you're going to watch the Leprechaun series, I would watch. You don't need to watch all of them, I wouldn't say. So I would say definitely start with one and then watch three. I think three is worth your watch. I will yeah. say that. Okay, at least you can say that. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd still watch too. It's kind of it's got its moments. I mean, I'm not saying like it's like it. That's a movie that doesn't deserve a lot of credit. No, arguably three should have been in the theaters and two should have been straight to video. But yeah, that's like a whole thing. Um, just a l- here's some a couple fun little facts I wanted to throw out to you. John Gattins, who uh who played Scott. He is also a screenwriter for Hollywood. Okay. And he is Oscar nominated for the movie Flight starring Denzel Washington. So, you know, again, more people in these terrible movies who go on to do big things. Now, on the opposite end of the spectrum, Tammy never acted in a movie ever again after this. That's crazy. But she wasn't really the best. But, like, she wasn't off. Like, I feel like she got better as the movie went on, but I don't know if that's just because I got used to it. <laughs> right. 
Uh, John Demita is a pretty famous voice actor. Like, that's pretty much what he does. Okay. And uh, Brian Trenchard Smith had a pretty solid career as an Australian filmmaker before coming to Hollywood. Uh, he made movies like Turkey Shoot and The Love Epidemic and The Man from Hong Kong. And supposedly, I found this quote on his IMDb page, but I could not verify it. But supposedly, Quentin Tarantino really likes him as a director. So. <laughs> That's interesting. Yeah. And uh, highly recommend Turkey Shoot. Great movie. I guess it's a Thanksgiving movie. But it's Turkey. more of like a weird 80s dystopian movie with the Olivia Hussey, I think is her name, from uh, Black Christmas. Oh, okay. So uh, go check that out. It's on Shudder. Next week, we're talking about Leprechaun 4, and that'll be the last of our Leprechaun movies for this year. I'm a little sad. I am not. I'm very eager to get <laughs> to some of our other movies. But that is all I have for you. Do you have any final thoughts? No, I say check out this movie. Yeah, check it out. It's pretty good. I actually had very low expectations going into it. So I was surprised I. that I enjoyed it as much as I did. Definitely have zero expectations for Leprechaun in Space, though. Definitely. Thank you for listening. As always, we encourage you to hit that subscribe button in Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts so that you never have to miss an episode. We're on Instagram and Twitter at Journey Into Film. And if you want to support the show, head on over to patreon.com slash a journey into film or head over to T Public and check out some sweet merch. Links to those are available in the show notes. And as always, Never let anyone tell you that a film you enjoy is bad because they're probably wrong. We'll see you next time. 